operating under the crooked American barber system too long. We are now in session, the Barber Session, the only podcast for barbers by barbers, keeping you up to date on the latest trends in the industry and how you can go from being a barber to becoming a boss in this here business. You have now found where barbers get down, the only podcast where you can call in and hear your questions in the shop talk section and get responses from barbers personally. So slide in the chair, don your cape and prepare. You're going to get lined up on some facts, learn how to shave the shadiness and get ready to fade up your future. This is G-Funk saying right on to the real and deaf to the fakers. Uh, welcome back to the Barber Session, guys. It's been a while. We're back all, on all new formats where you now can hear your voice on this podcast and you can interact with us and we can answer your questions. I'm really excited. The first episode we're having on Shannon, one of our very own. And we're also having a special guest, a throwback guest, Chris Basio. What's going on, guys? Not much, man. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. What's up, Basio? What's going on, man? I'm excited to be on here. It's been years since we've done the Barber Session, and I felt like it wouldn't be right for at least the co-host of the previous co-host to at least show face the first episode. Um, as you guys may know, I might be, uh, you know, not always on this podcast. I can't really commit to it. Things have changed a lot since the first Barber Session, but I'm super excited that Perez is going to um, keep the podcast alive he knows how to do this. He has the, the sexy R&B voice to, 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 to be able to manage this. And, and podcasting is just, I mean, that's your thing. That's your lane. And that's something that you're passionate about. So I'm excited to see the barber session, bro. Come back to life. I'm definitely passionate about it, man. I'm glad it's back. There, there hasn't been a week that hasn't gone by since our lap, last episode. I'm sure it's the same for you, Bajo, where I haven't gotten a DM or a text or an email or a comment on one of my videos of where is the barber session? What happened to the barber session? And people still listen to, you know, episodes one through 10 and it, they find value in it, man, which is why I wanted to bring it back. But I wanted to bring it back like this. It, it's, it's near and dear to me. And I think we can connect with you guys more because you get to hear your voice on here. We get to hear you and, and your, your emotion and your question as opposed to just reading something off of a DM. But I wanted to have Shannon on here. He's one of our own. He's one of the hottest barbers on IG right now. Basio, nobody can contest that. Nobody can argue that. His cuts are ridiculous. What I want to know, though, is I want to know the story, Shannon. I want to know how this started, bro. I want to know how a white boy, yeah, I said it, a white boy is dominating this predominantly, you know, urban industry. What's, 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 what's the story, Shannon? Break it down for me, bro. Like, how are you dominating this? How do you get people to sit in your chair? Because I know you got some reactions before. It's like, I'm, I don't, I'm not sitting with that white boy. Yeah, first of all, before I answer that question, man, I just want to say it's an honor to uh, be a guest on the show. Um, I want to say that, you know, you guys, uh, you know, you guys are phenomenal leaders. And uh, I love your vision. I love your passion for the industry. And I just, your overall character and, and you know, your, uh, you know, you're, you're just real, you know. So I love you guys and I appreciate once again being on. Um, but for me, honestly, man, uh, how it all started, <clears throat> I was 13 years old. Um, I seen some kids in our neighborhood who, man, they were butchered. You know, their haircuts were butchered. And uh, anyways, I, I just kind of asked them, you know, where did you get your haircut from? And, and they said the local barbershop. And I said, you paid for that? And, uh, and I said, <laughs> I could do better than that. You know, and I've never even held a pair of clippers. 
And basically, one of the parents uh, bought me a pair of clippers and said, let's see what you can do, you know. And honestly, uh, you know, I my haircut was better than the barbers, so I just continued to cut their hair. And then other, other neighborhood kids began to ask to get their hair cut. And I cut for free for a long time until I realized it was a job and it was work. And uh, anyway, so then I began to charge and, uh, you know, God just blessed it. I finally got to a place years ago where I raised my price because I didn't want to cut hair anymore. And I was like, listen, you got to charge, you know, I think it was like I was charging $20 a cut, $15, $20 a cut, really to deter people from getting a cut with me because uh, cuts were around $10, $10 at the time, um, but they were willing to pay, you know, so um so anyways i just found a gift and i began to work that gift and i seen uh you know just grow from there one of the things that i truly believe uh you know the bible says that that whenever you discover your gift it says that your gift will make room for you and it will bring you before great men or influential people so for me i recognized early that i had a gift um, you know, a lot of people say that they work hard to perfect the craft and, and man, I've put a lot of work in and I've always, you know, tried to perfect my craft and increase the in knowledge and things like that. However, I recognized that I had a gift and basically what I could see in my head, I could put on, on someone else's head, you know? So recognizing that gift, there's something that I teach a lot is, is the, the three D's, you know, when it comes to your gift. First, you have to discover your gift, then you have to develop your gift, and then you deploy your gift. And <clears throat> I think just going through that process of discovering the gift, taking the time to develop the gift, to try to master the gift, and then putting it out there for the world to see, um, then I started getting people coming from all ethnicities. And honestly, I, I, I think a lot of times we like to, you know, pull the race card and think, you know, like, uh, you know, and, and it may happen at first where people of other races or whatever might feel like, nah, a white boy can't cut my hair. But I think that, you know, after you've developed your gift and you put it on display, then it doesn't matter, you know, what ethnicity you it's, are. It, it speaks you for itself. Quality, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So right now, thankfully, uh, with the power of social media, um, people are, see, a lot of times what happens in a barbershop setting before social media is people see the barber or the color of their skin or their style to determine the quality of the cut when now social media has given us a platform where they can see the cut before they judge the barber. And uh, anyway, so so right now, I mean, Instagram is obviously doing uh, well for me when it comes to gaining new clients. I, I honestly have probably every day that I'm in the shop, I have at least one customer from instagram and the majority of them aren't white gotcha so so before instagram it was it was just it was just word of mouth you just put your you put your gift like you said on display and people just started realizing man i just just want this kind of quality type thing that's how you fought that yeah man i mean i remember the first time that i worked in an all-black barbershop um you know, I was friends with the owner of the barber shop, and he was like, "Bro, you need to come in and work with us." And uh, we—he was a great dude. We really connected. Um, but I always had influence in my hometown. 
everyone knew me. It didn't matter what color they were. They knew the quality of cut they were going to get because there again, I started cutting, you know, in the garage on the streets and people took notice. So I, I proved myself. So it didn't matter at that point, uh, what color my skin was, you know, what my style was people came because of the quality of the quality of the cut. So I always had that. I mean, I was, I was blessed, but when I went to a new city and worked in a new shop an all black shop, uh, even whenever the owner of the shop would say, man, try the white boy, man, he's sold this and that. Um, I still met that resistance where a lot of the, the people coming in was like, nah, no white boy's going to cut my hair. And uh, eventually, so I sat down a lot and, and it was discouraging coming from a barber shop where I was booked all the time, uh, you know, would have walk-in sitting all day just to get a haircut to walk into a place where I'm sitting all day waiting on a haircut. And uh, basically what happened, I just, I knew what I could give and I was just waiting for the opportunity. So even though it was embarrassing for everyone to be working and me sitting there, I just was, uh, you know, patient. I was persistent. And eventually they started letting me cut their kids' hair because they didn't trust me with their hair. And I took that opportunity, man, and, and I just rocked it. I was like, I'm going to give this kid the best haircut he's ever had in his life. You know, I want that parent to say, dang, I wish I would have sat in this boy's chair. And uh, anyways, and after a little while, after I started hooking them up, and I know my gifting. I'm, I'm strong with uh, not just fades, but I, I feel like I'm strong with designs. And I knew the designs would set me apart from the crowd. So what I would do is say, hey, you mind if I throw a little partner's hair? Or, or what do you think about me putting a design in there? And, and, and I would do it for free. And uh, obviously, I'll charge for the cut, but the design itself, you know, I, being I had no one else wait, waiting, I took that time to really just go in. And what happened is they would begin to see those designs. And then, you know, they were like, dude, this, this dude they, is cold, man. So they were walking, happened, they walking started, billboards for you, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then, you know, uh, everywhere I went, thankfully, I, I mean, I, I'm on, I'm just humble to say everywhere that I went, um, it may have taken a little time to build a clientele, but after some time, I was always booked, you know, just like with headlines when I first came here, um, you know, to a, a coming to Tampa, not knowing anyone. It took some time, man, you know, so I had to sit down and I had to be patient. I had to wait for those walk-ins, you know, and, and, uh, and, and there again, knowing what you possess, and sitting down watching everyone else busy and you're just twiddling your thumbs, you know, I mean, it, it's discouraging at times, but being patient. And then whenever I would get that cut, doing the best job that I could possibly do, you know, um, really pays off. So I have a couple questions. Go ahead. Okay. If you don't mind me asking before we, before, if we move on, I don't, I don't want to move on yet. If, if we can, um, what about when you weren't good at cutting hair? Because, Gary Vee, he, um, he said something once that, that really struck me. He said how social media and the internet, um, it, it moves things from caring about doing business with someone because of how they look and because with the internet, there is no face to the product. All you see is the product. Yeah. Like right now you have an amazing product and nobody cares what you look like because all they see is that amazing product. And so, like you said, you're getting a client almost every day just from Instagram alone. That's amazing. And that's, that's to be honest with you, that's not 
that's not duplicatable for everyone, right? Yeah. Um, and and cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't. You know, you probably weren't the you know one of the best in the industry like you are today um, at what you do when you first started. What did that Shannon look like? And was that Shannon building clients up? And if so, how were you doing it then? Honestly, I mean. And, and I don't want to sound like cocky in any kind of way. Um, I say this with all humility. No, we got to keep it real, right? You know, I, yeah, I, I started cutting hair. I started cutting hair 27 years ago. And at that time, in my small context, you know, I was in a very small town. There wasn't good barbers. It was just like, get the hair off, you know? So yeah. for me, uh, I was, I was in a setting where, there wasn't a whole lot of quality. So I felt like I was better than everyone else. And there again, not saying that egotistically. I mean, the proof was in the pudding. My fades looked better. So, so I guess at that point, I never felt like I was bad. I always felt like I was gifted, you know? So it gave me a sense of uh, confidence. I, I've never tried to be arrogant, um, but I felt like I was confident that I could give uh, a good quality haircut even back then now times have changed because dude i'm i'm trying my best to put out you know banging fades and and you know even when it comes to instagram i'm trying to take good pictures with quality lighting and i put them um on instagram and i follow some beast and i'm looking at their cuts and now i'm like does my cut measure up you know what i mean because I mean, there's so, you know, I've been exposed to a lot more uh, gifting and quality cuts than I was when I was young. So when I was young, I felt like I got this, you know, and and now looking around, I feel like, man, there's so many quality cuts. And I, honestly, I feel like the competition is, is great um, when it comes to Instagram barbers. However, if I was if I was just starting out now and say I was still that young white boy who cut in an all black shop and I was new to the game, I don't know if that would be the best decision for me at that point. Maybe it would stretch me, but at the same time, maybe it would have killed my passion to pursue barbering because if I walk into a place where, where, you know, um, everyone's looking at me like, I don't think this boy can cut hair. And then I prove that I can't cut hair. Sometimes, man, people, they're not real sensitive with your feelings and they'll say things uh, that hurt. And I could have been in a position where if I didn't know the quality that I possessed at the time, it could have killed me. And I could have just thought, you know, I, I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not qualified. So at that point, um, I would, I would say, I would have started in a shop where quality wasn't, um, I guess, the the bar. You know what I mean? And I hate to say that because I think the quality should always be the standard. However, there are shops out there that they're more, their focus is speed, you know? Um, maybe their focus is the environment and just, uh, you know, being family-oriented, and it's not really the quality of the cut. So I would try to find a barbershop that would allow me to fail sometimes and to grow in the gifting that I have and that would celebrate, uh, 
me as a person and the gift that I have or my willingness to try. Something that I, I truly believe in life when it comes to business, when it comes to friendships, relationships, is to stay where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And, and for me, um, I try to create a culture at our shop for our barbers where they're celebrated. So we walk by and we're like, ooh, man, that's a blurry cut. Or scream across the, the shop, you know, dang, boy, you're killing it. Um, because I believe that when you celebrate a person, it brings out the best in them. You know what I'm saying? Um, but whenever you're constantly picking out their faults, it's hard to see anything good about yourself. So uh, with that, I would try to find a place, man, that would celebrate me, that would believe in me. I was watching uh, Basio's, uh, you know, live Instagram live. I believe it was last night. And there was so many young kids getting on there, man. There was, I think, a 12-year-old kid. That was awesome, was like, by the I'm way. a 12-year-old. Bar- it was awesome. But he, he was like, I'm a 12. Yeah, dude, I've I, I seen you, man. It looked like you were about to cry. But because, <laughs> man, it, it, it impacts you uh, in an emotional way yeah. or on an emotional level when you realize, man, I'm making a difference. And that's, I think, the desire of every one of us is to make a difference in, in our generation. And so what happens, though, um, is I'm watching these kids say, you know, I'm a 12 year old barber. I'm just starting out or I'm in barber school now. And the encouragement, there was a few negative people. You're always going to have that, but the positivity, man, far outweighed the negativity. And you just seen so many people, you know, encouraging these young barbers. And that's the kind of shops, honestly, that we need to create. That's the kind of schools that we need to create where we are, we are promoting these people, man, and we are helping and inspiring and pushing. So that's the kind of culture that I would want to, you know, just be immersed in. So that way um, I can believe in myself and, and, and also have, uh, you know, those people surrounding me that will, you know, not only inspire me, but also uh, correct me in a loving way and say, Hey man, um, you know, I'm here if you need me, if you are struggling with anything, you know, be, man, you know, be, I'm open, come and talk with me. And saying that, I feel like that, that that's why we, you know, produce some amazing barbers in our shop. Not, not only are we, you know, always, uh, I think, really, you know, celebrating our barbers and, and whenever they knock it out of the park, we really highlight that. But also, you know, we're very open um, to teach and to learn and to grow together. And, and basically, I think we, uh, you know, provide an atmosphere where people feel comfortable enough to say, hey, um, hey, can you come over here and, and look at this? What do you think about this? And we see that happening in our shop all the time. And I believe that's why the whole team is elevating is because we're okay with not knowing what we don't know, but willing to learn, you know? And uh, so that's the kind of environment I would want to be in is just, people that would help me grow um and i would say this i, I know that you alluded to uh uh man what's his name you just talked about him a minute ago the instagram guy who yeah who who, who, uh, who alluded to it you did boss yeah oh um gary gary v gary v, is oh, yeah, gary v yeah, yeah. so i know that gary v a lot of times talks about you know hey promote yourself now and i believe in promoting yourself um, and I would promote myself like crazy. However, I don't know that I, I agree with putting my work out 
um, on Instagram for everyone to see until I set, you know, I think we always look at our cuts and we make question, oh man, especially after you take a picture, you're like, I wish I would have done this better and things like that. But, but um, sometimes, man, I look at people who post stuff and to me, and it's just to me, you know, but I think it's more of a turn off than a turn on, you know, um, I think that maybe we need to have people that are surrounding us, um, that are on our team, that are trusted people that we can, you know, say, Hey, what do you think about this picture? Something I love about Matt, um, Matt gets at hands is we have a group chat and when he takes a picture for Instagram or for, or for YouTube, he'll shoot like, shoot us like three or four different options and he'll say, what picture do you think looks best? And, and he's, he's leaning on trusted, you know, people that have kind of gained some influence in, in, in Instagram or social media or whatever. And we get to, you know, add our input on, man, this one right here looks really blurry, you know? And anyways, I think that that's important to have people around you uh, that you can lean on, you know? I don't know if that answers your question, but no, you touched on something that I think is important that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, And Perez, uh, you can you can kind of give your opinion after if you if you could relate to this. But like to me, like not every photo is meant for Instagram, right? Like I I one hundred percent believe that you should document everything because eventually it can be very inspirational. I wish I had photos of my first haircuts. Like I really wish I would have taken those photos. I, I, I don't wish I would have posted them on Instagram when I was making those haircuts because less people probably would have sat in my chair if I'm, if I'm being real with myself. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that there are things, there are attributes that set barbers apart other than the quality of your haircut that there are a lot of customers that value so much more than the quality, right? And what I mean yeah. by that is cleanliness, is, is professionalism, is how timely are you, how... Are you on time for your for your haircut? Do you accept appointments? Um, you know, where are you located? Are you in a convenient location? Like these are things that you can be advertising every single day. When you get a new product, show that you're investing in yourself. Like the, there's literally a thousand other things you can post to promote Absolutely. yourself that will attract clients other than your haircut photos. And you said Absolutely. it earlier. You said it earlier. The competition is fierce right now. Like I don't even want to take photos right now because I don't have the time to and 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 the the I don't even want to get play in that field when I'm doing everything that I'm doing because that's real work taking good yeah. photos of your clients with good lighting and then and then and choosing all these angles and at the end of the night choosing the best one and then posting it that's real work and to be honest with you you know it's almost like barber battles I like I'm not gonna compete compete in that field because I don't I know that it's real work and I'm I don't have I'd be spreading myself too thin if I try to play in that field. So that's not my way of building clientele. I'm okay with that. And I'm 10 years in, <laughs> you, yeah, you know? Yeah. So so a guy who's a year in, in my opinion, like that's definitely not your field. You know, that's definitely yeah. not your the, the, the arena you want to play in. Eventually you will be able to if that's what you choose to do. But I think that especially for beginner barbers, man, student barbers, focus on the other things. And Shannon I'm, and Ooh. Perez, I'm sure you guys can – can attest to this like we know a lot of barbers who we wouldn't sit in their chair but their book absolutely facts. i was just thinking that facts um and, and touching that as well Bosie, like oh you said um you know 
I, I don't even consider myself one of the best barbers in my, in my own barbershop. If I'm, if I'm being transparent, right, and you were saying not everything is meant for Instagram, I document a lot of my haircuts throughout the day. And like you were, you were t- uh, attending to earlier uh, with Matt, Shannon, uh, I'll take, you know, four or five pictures. And I'll get home and I'll start scrolling through them. I'm like, that's just not postable content. I'm not posting it. It's not necessarily a bad haircut. It's just the lighting was off or the angle was wrong. So not everything is meant for Instagram. To be quite honest with you, Basio worked across me for I don't know how many years. We haven't for a long time since we started opening you know, uh, various locations. But uh, Basio will attest to this. He'll tell you half the clients, not half, more than half, 90% of my clients sit in my chair simply because I make them laugh. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I, I'm a talker. I don't know how I you like, pull it off, though. I, I don't know. I, I'm just a talker, bro. Because I talk. hear the jokes. They're kind of lame, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a talker, man. It's what I do. Uh, you know, uh, it's just I like to make people smile. I like to make people laugh. Yeah. And if your chair yeah. feels good, people will come back. So it doesn't necessarily mean I didn't focus on my craft or try and get, tried to get better as the years progressed. I just I have, I have that personality. Like Bosio says some people have different qualities. That was my quality. I, mean, I made people here's feel an analogy. Here's, a, here's an analogy, right? People don't follow my... I have 70-something thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I posted a photo of my haircut. That's, yeah. that's not the value I give to people. No. Yeah. That's not the value I give to people. It doesn't have to be that, right? Like, my value might be my live streams. I don't know. It might be my stories. I don't know what it is, but people, they decide to follow me, and it's not like I don't have engagement. People Like, I have 100 people that be on my live stream and again, I know that my angle doesn't have to be photos, guys. Like, if I'm telling you this with 250,000 subscribers on YouTube and 70-some thousand on Instagram, I'm not saying this to brag. I don't think that's a, that's an astronomical number. I think there's definitely potential for more. Other barbers have more than surpassed that. But there's engagement in what I'm doing, and it's not. it has nothing to do with my haircut photos. You see what I'm saying? So, and, and for example, even when last night there again, whenever you had the interview or you were on uh, your Instagram live and you were just randomly, you know, having other people join and most of them were people that have no name or no influence in the barber industry. And what I mean by that is that they're not, you know, real famous in the barber industry or whatever. Most of them were 12 year old kids barber Mm -hmm. students things like that and just you saying something like you know what I am going to mentor you I am going to help you any way I can to see you succeed as a 12 year old barber man make sure you DM me after this I want to man I want I want to just pour into you that's whenever you notice everyone saying Basio that's why you're the goat you know what I'm saying it wasn't that you even did a haircut it was your, it was your, you know, commitment to help other people better themselves and succeed. And I think that's what, that's what we all want, man. We want to be connected with people who, there again, believe in us, that encourage us, that inspire us. And and I think that you can, uh, you know, put out, you know, a decent haircut, maybe not the best, but if you make people feel good then they'll come back, man. I mean, we, and, like you said, and, we've well, seen it. I, I still so remember. Let me, let me be 100% transparent. Let me be 100% transparent. The reason why I asked Shannon the question that I asked him earlier is because, you know, he talked about his product and, and his gift and all that stuff, but I'm going to keep it real. I've been cutting, you know, obviously not as much as I could, 
but long enough I've been cutting near Shannon where I I can make an opinion on on seeing what really makes Shannon special behind the chair. And his haircuts are awesome. Everybody, there's nobody that, that can say that Shannon isn't an amazing barber. But the one thing that stands out to him, to me, when I see him with his clients, is his wisdom, is his conversations. Is this dude is he be preaching to his clients, and then, and not just that, but like he has the type of clients that look forward to that. I mean, some of his clients have reached out to me and wanted to build relationships with me because because they see some of the things that I'm doing. It goes to show the type of clients that are attracted to him. They, Of course, they value looking good, but most people that look good and want to look good all the time also want to be successful in other things in their life. And Shannon can offer all of that. Part of why I came to town, Shannon raises prices. But, but real talk, and you know what? Like Even some of Nate's clients have reached out to me. I can tell the type of clients that Nate is attracting and it's because of more than just the haircut it's also it's also who you are as an individual you pour so much into yourself that you're able to pour into your clients in so many ways you poured it so much into yourself learning how to cut hair at a phenomenal level but you've also poured just so much into yourself to the point where you could lead a church you could pastor you could you could you could lead a movement you know what i mean and and that's what makes you insanely good at what you do well thank you i know uh agreed 100 you know, bro i was just gonna say something that that really you know means a lot to me is that uh you know i was cutting chris's uh chris perez i was cutting his hair um several times before the shop even opened you know i'd meet him and, and i'd cut his hair and, and usually i'd block off like an hour an hour and a half just so that we could you know, talk, you know, and, uh, anyways, and something he said to me was something along the lines of, I love getting my hair cut with you. I feel like basically that you're, this is what a barber experience should be. Not only am I getting a quality haircut, but he said, I just feel better when I get out of your chair as a person. And that means a lot to me, man. Like I want people to be encouraged, you know, I want them to be inspired and for me, it's not about cutting hair. I mean, I love to cut hair. Don't get me wrong. And I and I strive to give people the best quality haircut that I can give them. And I know there are people out there doing it better than I am, but I'm, I, I can only give you the best that I can give you. However, when you get out of my chair, I don't want you just to say, I, I, you know, I got a great haircut. I want you to walk out of that place feeling like you can conquer the world you know what I mean like man I'm inspired I'm encouraged I feel better as a human being you know for for being in his presence and uh so that that's what really moves me because you know the whole you know concept behind you know tomb 45 is die a legend and uh I I believe that you can't die a legend uh without touching other people's lives you know what I'm saying? I mean, I believe every one of us uh, on this planet, we are here for a purpose. We all have an assignment, and your assignment is always to a person or a people. There's so many people that they want to build their own kingdom, and it's all about them. They want the fame. They want this. They want that. And the reality is you can never, you can never walk in your assignment unless they fulfill your assignment focused on yourself 
our assignment is always to a person or to a people group. And, uh, and, and so like part of my assignment every day, man, is to be a blessing to people. You've definitely been a blessing in my life, man. And, and when I said that, I meant that, man, every time I've sat in your chair, bro, I just feel better. Um, and I told you that, and you know, everybody's definition of a barber is different to everyone. You know what I mean? Some people, like you said, just come in for that, for the cut. Some people come for the conversation. Some people come for the experience and sitting in your chair is inspirational for lack of a better term. It just, it just, it feels good, man. Uh, You've talked me through personal stuff. It's just, it's what it's supposed to be. That's the definition of a barber to me. We're counselors, the community, we have a pulse on our community. We affect the youth and, and our clients and and everybody in the next generation and and all of it. So uh, you are to me, the definition of what a barber should be. So um, lucky to have you, man. Um, hey, man, I'm lucky to be a part of the team. Absolutely. I'm sure Basio feels the same way as well. Um, you guys want to answer some questions, some takes here? The new the new, the new, new segment, the new section of the Barber Session? Let's do it. Ready, Basio? Yes, let's do it. All right. So first up, we have Devin. My name is Devasha Edmonds. I'm calling from Tampa, Florida. Uh, my IG is Devon, hashtag Mr. Blends. Uh, questions that I have, one or two, is um, one would be like, how do you feel about the overseas Clippers? Do you think they're worth investing in? Are they the same as the Wall Clippers or any other major Clippers, the off-brand? Um, also, like, what what is like, the majority cut that is performed by barbers. What would you feel is the OG cut, like the fade tapers, and also like basically how how do you go about co- uh, confronting a customer that wants a cut that they really can't have? And that's all the questions that I have. All right, Mr. Awesome. Shannon, you you want to take this first? Yeah, Devon, thank you for your question, bro. Um, so first of all, I would say, you know, addressing the question about Clippers uh, from overseas. Um, I've actually ordered Clippers from overseas, the cheap ones off of Amazon. And my personal opinion is every Clipper that I've ever gotten that was like from overseas off Amazon, this is just my experience. I've always had to do something to modify it to make it better um, because it never did the job by itself or it just was a cheap knockoff of the original and it did not have the power uh, that I wanted. Also, whenever you're not dealing with a reputable brand, you can't just, like Babylon, for example, I mean, Dennis is so amazing that anytime anybody has any issues with uh, their product, they can simply hit them up on IG and say, hey, Dennis, you know, this is uh, something that went wrong. And every single time, 100% of the time that I've heard of anyone, you know, saying they're having issues, he simply says, hey, send it, send it in, we'll send you a new one. And uh, that's the same with 245, man. And and, uh, anyway, so uh, whenever I've bought wall clippers, and over the years, um, I have bought so many wall clippers, it's been ridiculous. 
I can pull them right out of the box. I zero gap everything, but as soon as I zero gap it, it's ready to roll. You know, I don't have to worry about power issues or problems. I just know that they've developed, uh, you know, a, a standard in the industry that their stuff works and they stand behind it. So for me personally, I've tried it. I've dipped my toes in it, really not happy with it. So I think that I'm going to stick to, you know, the walls and Andis and Babylon and things like that, that I know, you know, is a proven product, you know, and, uh, and anyways, I, I just feel like that we should support, you know, uh, those in, in, in our, you know, sphere of influence as well. Also, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, the OG cut, I think that honestly, uh, I think that would be different from, for everyone, um, based on, you know, the culture that you and the environment that you were raised in. Um, some areas, man, the OG cut is a, is a old flat top, you know, or, you know, country flat top. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like juice and stuff like that. I'm talking about like country flat top. And, and they feel like if you can't cut old country flat top, then you ain't a real barber. You know, you're not a real chief. And, facts, uh, facts. and however, in our culture, um, in our culture of Tampa, you better know how to fade. But if you look at my pictures on IG right now, the majority of my cuts are probably, uh, uh, high, uh, yeah, tapers, you know, a higher taper on the side and the back. And, I think that's what's going right now. That's something that I definitely uh, see a lot of, and and I feel like that's a great cut. But you need to fade. You need to know how to fade. I mean, um, but when it comes to dealing with people that come in and they have an expectation of something that uh, their hair won't allow them to have, I just kind of, you know, in a gentle way, say exactly that. You know, I think that this uh, haircut might not suit you that well simply because of, you know, this calic right here. Um, you know, if we're trying to do a hard part, this calic kind of throws it in a different direction or, you know, whatever. I just try to be real gentle with how I say it. One of the things, whether it come uh, with managing our shop, leading people, you know, or just, you know, talking with my kids, um, I feel like that there's a way to communicate truth without it crushing people. Some people are jerks. I hate that. Um, just be, you know, just be loving, man. Be gentle, um, and people receive that better. Something I like to call it is the love sandwich. You know, um, I pick out something positive. Oh man, you know your hair—it's so great here. And then I put the negative in there. But you know, with this right here, and then I, you know, but this over here would look great, you know, or whatever. And anyways, um, I just try. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else, but it did. It did. I just try to. <laughs> uh, I I try to build them up while telling them the truth, you know, and I just try to um, really, you know, help them uh, lean into the direction of the cut that I think they should have. Um, and if they, they won't budge, then I do the cut they, that they want, you know. And, um, you know, the other day I had a kid come in, and honestly I was so embarrassed. That he yeah. Was, yeah, it, it crushed me, man. I mean, I sat there for probably the bowl cut. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> He came in and this and this kid he wanted bald on the side, skin bald, and he wanted a bowl cut. And it wasn't hanging down a couple inches. It was literally like an an inch over, you know, like an inch bowl on the side or whatever. And we know that it just at that point when it's so short it just sticks out, you know. And anyways, uh, so it doesn't lay properly or whatever, but that's what he wanted. And 
at the end of the day, even though I, I was like, hey, man, I don't know if that's the best cut, man. You know, like your hair texture won't look like this picture that you're showing me. It's it's not going to lay like this, guys. It's going to stand up. It's going to just poof out. Um, that's the cut he wanted. So I cut his hair. And guess what? It took me 15 minutes to shave this out of his head <laughs> and trim a little bit off the top. Fastest, cu- fastest cut you did all day. <laughs> yeah. And I made $40. He gave me, you know, the, the price of the cut and a $10 tip. And uh, and anyway, so 40 bucks for 15 minutes. And he walked out. I hope he was happy, you know. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I love it. Yeah, yeah, so so at the end of the day, you know, that I'm here to serve them, you know. And if that's what they want, I, I'm not going to turn them down. I, you know, I'm going to do the best that I can to give them that cut. And if they don't like it, then they'll realize after I've, spoke with them like I don't know if this is going to be the best cut for you but at the end of the day I'm here to please you so you know whenever I do that cut and you walk out and then they're not satisfied then hopefully I have another opportunity to come and I hear their dissatisfaction and I can you know in love say yeah I didn't really think that 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 was the best cut for you remember Mm -hmm. I mentioned that to you um you know what I think would be a good cut for you though man what if you did this you know, I think it would look amazing. And, and a lot of times they'll say, hey, you're the, you're the expert. Do what you think's best. Let's, get, let's give Shannon a round of applause from all the barbers out here for doing the bowl cut, performing <laughs> on, the bowl somebody, cut. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I cried after that one. Man. Hey, like that. <laughs> round of applause, Shannon. Yeah. Great bowl cut. Great. So real quick, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hit mine real quick because we're up against it a little bit. But um, in reference to the consultation, right? It's part of the consultation. Um, I think like, like Shannon already, uh, said earlier, um, you know, in a kind way, in a gentle way, I'm just honest, you know, kindly and respectfully. But I think customers just appreciate honesty. And at the end of the day, if, if it's what they want, it's what they want. That's what we're here to do. I, I may not necessarily agree with it. I'm going to tell you what I think would look best. But if it's what you want, you're paying for it. You're right. Here, yeah, I'll, I'll do what you want. <laughs> no problem. Um, in reference to off-brand clippers, real quick, I'm not going to support anybody that doesn't support my industry. Plain and simple. It's, it's just that yeah. simple. And uh, as far as OG cut, um, pretty sure Tampa, Florida, ball fade. Ball fade. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that, yeah. that, 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 like you said, you got to know how to fade. Milky white, two on top, ball fade to the skin. That's what people get yeah. out here. Um, I'll let Bozio answer really quick on the three. Yeah. Um, so for me, so I'll go in order. Um, so first thing is the the Chinese clippers or the, the off brand. I'm biased. I'm biased because I create a brand that literally stands for the rebirth of barbering. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to build a culture that, that, that demands respect for what we do, that, you know, people feel like it's a real career and I'm trying to kind of educate people on how, how to do that. That's all I've been doing the past, you know, since I've had the YouTube channel, five years or so, four years or so. Um, and so when I see something that does nothing for our industry and, and, and you hear the term all the time in hip hop culture vulture, right? Like, look, I've, I've created brands and stuff and I see how, how people, how, People who run these factories, I'm not going to call them companies or brands, these factories, with the, the type of business practices that, that they do, 
I don't support that stuff. Like we, me and Danny and, and Perez, we say it all the time. We're terrible businessmen because we never go after the the best monetary. I'm not going to say we never do, but it's never priority. Monetary gain is list, never yeah. priority. It's never it's never it's never priority monetary gains. And I, the number one excuse I hear barbers for going with a off brand or a Chinese clipper is monetary gain. And what I mean by that is, yeah, but it's like half the price, you know. Yeah. And for yeah. us, it's so much more than that. It's partnership. Is 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 let's scratch it. What is the long term vision? What can we do to build and help others? That's not the conversations you can have with these factories. And so I'd be a hypocrite if I went and bought these products because the very thing that I'm I'm promoting and the brand that I represent just it's not in line with that. And yeah. if I can educate people, if I can tell people the experience that I've had personally being in China several times for for uh, for like pretty much uh, a torturous amount of time <laughs> because I, I lose 15 pounds while I'm out there because I can't <laughs> eat anything. Um, but like, dude, these people are like, imagine, imagine sitting in your living room at two o'clock in the morning, drawing out an idea and thinking to yourself, I'm going to take a second mortgage out. I'm going to create this product. And you spend tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, making, making this a real thing between legal fees and, and the 3D designs and engineering and this factory that has more money than you comes to one of the employees, one of the engineers, or one of the designers, gives them 10000 bucks. what do you got there, and takes your idea. Damn. This is happening all the time. And you know how they say, um, you know how they say the, 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 um, not the funeral, um, the, the graveyard. Mm-hmm. It is the place where where most dreams are never seen, right? Yeah, because there's yeah. people who who lay to rest and never fulfill their ideas, never fulfill their dreams. It's it's a very sad place when you look at it that way. Guess what? It's it, it happens it happens every single day to entrepreneurs who are trying to come from nothing and build something out of themselves. And yeah. that is pretty much almost you know, every new barber who's coming into this industry, I'm just, I'm not, a, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm very passionate about that. And, um, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not going to diss anybody who supports that type of stuff, but I just, if somebody asks me the question and they ask me almost every single day, I've always been transparent. I'm going to tell you how I feel. And that's just how I yeah. feel, whether you agree yeah. with it or not. Yeah. So, um, the next question is the OG cut. I think right now the side part comb over Skin fade is undeniably the OG cut. It's been around since I've been a barber. It's been around yeah, for forever. And if you can't do that haircut in in our shop, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're literally going to turn down half of the clients that walk in. That's a fact. That is. A fact. <laughs> um, the other thing, the other question was, um, how to tell people that that cut won't work? I just plant a seed. You you know, these are grown men. At the end of the day, they've gotten thousands of haircuts before they sat in your chair. You're not going to convince them of anything that one, that, that, you know, you're, you're not freaking um, a sensei that you're going to convince this guy that his whole life has been a literally a, a disgrace, not a mistake, a disgrace, a disgrace, right? <laughs> <laughs> just, 
but but like it's gonna be very hard to do that you got to plant the seed unless you've known them your whole life or something you don't have the rapport yet to convince them of it right they they think they know what they know because that's what they've liked their entire life so how can you as a barber who you're trying to lock them in as a client convince them of any of any different so what i would say is plant the seed build rapport by educating them by teaching them things and maybe they might start looking at themselves in the mirror and after a few weeks, after asking their girlfriend what they think, their friends what they think, they might come to you and say, hey, remember that idea you were giving me the other day? Let's try that out. I'm looking for something Absolutely. different. And you, at no point do you have to say something work, doesn't work for them. You can literally just educate them. That's it. You know, so that's, that's my answer for those three questions, even though that was very long. Sorry, guys. Bars. Oh, sure, okay. <laughs> well said, well said. You guys ready for the next one? Let's do it. Right, Let's we, do it. We got Ryan from Arkansas. Arkansas. What's up? My name is Ryan, the barber. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm from Lowell, Arkansas. And really, I just wanted to make a shout out to Team 45. And want to thank Chris Bosio and the crew for always inspiring me to become better than I am. You know, just work my way to the dream. You know, I love doing what I do and watching y'all accomplish everything that y'all do is making me want to do better each and every day. And for everyone, for anyone who's listening, man, I, I tell y'all to follow your dreams, never give up. Y'all go get it. Shout out to Ryan. That was a dope take. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't a question, but it was. We definitely appreciate it, and it was. Uh, it's definitely. It's definitely facts. Chase your dreams, up. Appreciate that, Ryan. Y'all go follow Ryan on, on IG, Ryan the Barber. Okay, next we have Paul from Kentucky. Hey, what's up, fellas? My name is Paul Van Team. I'm here in Louisville, Kentucky. I've been in barber okay. school for about a month and a half, and uh, my question is. How can I market myself as a barber student to people when I don't have much experience, but I need clientele to get better? I appreciate it. appreciate what you guys are doing. I look forward to hearing your response. Take care. Uh, who wants to go first? Go ahead, Bartel. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so, these questions are, are always kind of broad to me. Every time, like, a barber student is asking questions and stuff. Um, can you guys, can you guys, can you guys help me out here? Like, like, can we okay, so, narrow the question so, down a bit? So I, I think what he's trying to do is he, he's trying to, first off, Ryan, you should not be marketing yourself to clients in, in school. Those clients are not going to follow you, period. Um, I think he, he's trying to get more reps. I think at the end of the day, what he wants is how a way to figure out how to get more petition to get better. Um, we've answered some of these questions. We answered them in a, in a class at, uh, at the premiere, right, Basio? So um, to answer that, one, at least from my perspective, one, you should not be marketing yourself to the clients in school. They're not going to follow you, period. They're there for the budget cut, and that's what they're there for. Two, if you want to get more reps, there's all kinds of options if you really dig to get more reps. You can go to the local rec center. You can go to a homeless shelter. You can even talk to your school and get credit hours for it. I'm sure, I'm sure they wouldn't mind you going down to a homeless shelter 
and helping out some gentlemen get cleaned up to find jobs and help them get on their feet. And you, in exchange, get credit hours for it. And you get the reps and you get practice on uh, consultations and helping people get that right look for themselves and repetition on haircuts and different textures and different styles. Um, you can go to the local rec center. There's, there's all kinds of options you can do with that as far as a reference to getting reps. Um, yeah. I think that's where he's going coming from, Basia. Yeah, my my problem, my thing is like I don't know what the school is doing. Like, all right, so guys, if you're listening to this, if you're asking a question like this, I'd I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear what the problem is, and then what is the solution. So your problem is you're not getting enough reps, but like you're in a barber school, so why aren't you getting? Why do you feel like you're not getting enough reps? Is the school not promoting it? Is the school not? You know, is the, is the price is too expensive? Like, let's really start to narrow these questions down because, again, I get this que- this type of question all the time. And but I I I'd love to give a much more direct answer because I'll give you I'll give you an example. My barber school, we weren't getting enough design reps because my barber school wanted to charge an extra fifteen dollars for design on two dollar Tuesdays, but they don't teach us a damn thing about design. Trevor. Basio, what what you what do you think I can do about this? And and which my answer would be, look, you guys need to get together as a student body because you guys do have power and you guys do have a voice. You need to get together as a student body and you need to ask for a meeting with the owner of the school or with the director of the school and give them your your concerns. Look, we want to do more design. We're not learning from you guys. You're not offering any education on design. But you're charging fifteen dollars for designs, and nobody's coming. We want reps. We want to learn more about it, and we want reps. You're killing us right now with this. Yeah. So my answer would be: organize it, get the student body together. Somebody needs to do it. Make a petition or something, and bring it to the director or the owner of the school, right? And so that would be my my question: like, why is it that your school is slow? Are they doing two dollars Tuesday? Are they charging too much for haircuts? Are they not promoting you? Like your job as a student is to be a student. Facts. Anything, yeah, Shannon? I feel like that's true. I think y'all covered it. Okay. <laughs> He's like, we y'all pretty much covered it. <laughs> but, but seriously, guys, like, I get what like you're with saying, these though. questions, we're if we don't if we don't do this, we're gonna get the same broad questions every single podcast. Right? Yeah. People are gonna say, Hey, how do I build clientele? I don't know. Like, like, what does your town look like? Give us a population of your town. Tell us, tell us why you think you're slow, and then we might be able to give you a good answer that will really help you out. So that's just my message for you, for anybody who's listening. Everybody, take, wants to call everybody, everybody take yeah, notes. Some, take notes on that. Yeah, something that we, uh, you know, kind of addressed earlier, and, and and it may not, you know, be specifically for a barber student, but maybe even someone coming out of school that's in the shop that. You know, they want to build their clientele. I think there again, you have to focus on what are your strengths at the moment, you know, and if it's people, you know, skills and, and just being funny or whatever, promote those things. And, and, uh, and, you know, if there's people that you've already kind of locked in, whether it be friends or family or whatever, have them write out, you know, this is these are your strengths, man. This is why I love to get a haircut with you and maybe even record them, you know, uh, doing a little promotional that you can put on IG and, you know, just, uh, if you want, you know, to come in and just feel comfortable 
and you want to laugh and you, you know, you want to walk out feeling like a better person or whatever, you need to come see, you know, Joe or whatever. But, um, I know for me now in this, and, you know, now posting pictures on IG or whatever, something that, that works for me. And there again, I get at least one new customer every day off of Instagram that I'm in the shop. And I always ask them, how did you hear about me? <clears throat> and they always say Instagram and it's always this one hashtag and that's hashtag Tampa Barbers. And I really feel like that if you're going to cut hair, you need to hashtag whatever city you're in and then barbers afterwards, because I've had even people that would, uh, you know, ask me, Hey, I'm going to this area and it might even be a professional athlete or something. I'm going to this area. Do you know anyone that cuts hair in this area? And I will, the first thing I do is I pull up that city, hashtag that city. If it's, you know, Baton Rouge, hashtag Baton Rouge Barbers. And there's so many times that I do that and there are no, uh, there's no oh my God. whatsoever. That's, that's, and I hear it every day, Tampa Barbers, you know. That's, that's, that's a great point, Shannon. And that's hilarious because I literally had a client come in on Saturday, this last Saturday. And he came from New York City and searched hashtag Tampa Barbers, found my page, went to my YouTube channel, checked on my tutorials, and then booked an appointment. And by the way, that client came in for the weekend to come watch his Giants beat my bucks. (laughs) You know, it's, 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 it's 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 the gift, the pain that keeps on giving. So let's move on. I've done that in classes. I've done that in classes. I've said, uh, how many of you guys are, are like really promoting yourselves on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, I am, I am, I am. And then whatever city I'm in, I just do the city barbers, both plural and non-plural. Yeah. And you'll see like 10 posts in the whole hashtag. I'm like, you're not really promoting yourself, bro. You're promoting yourself to other barbers. You're not promoting yourself to customers. That's to potential nice. customers. And that's the thing. I check these things too. So if you were to go to hashtag Tampa Barber and hashtag Tampa Barbers, you my pictures will be some of the most dominant ones on there as far as, I mean, there's, we do have quite a few people that hashtag Tampa Barbers around here, but man, I'm trying to fill it up, you know? And I remember one day Loco called me and he was, he was mad. He said, man, I was checking, you know, hashtag Tampa Barbers. And he said, usually, you know, I'm the one that's on there the most. And he said, uh, man, you are all over it. And I was like, I'm, I'm trying, man. Cause I want them to see my pictures when they, when they look, you know? You got to keep it in front of their eyes. And, and, you know, something when it comes to promoting, um, obviously, you know, you could be a, a burger joint and you could have the best burger burger in the world. But if no one knows about it, they're never going to come and, and, you know, buy from you. So, I mean, I do believe in promoting, obviously, and I am trying to figure out every possible way to get myself out there as well so that, it, so that they can see me. I, I will say this. I, I think you um, and and hold on, let me let me double check this. But like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you you when I when I look at your your Instagram, I don't. I feel like I don't see enough of you on there. Like, like well, you gotta follow me to see me. You know what I'm saying? Well, no. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I think I'm correct. It's mostly haircuts. I, there's yeah. like thirty. There's thirty posts, and then I see you after thirty posts. So like, and then there's like another 50 posts or a hundred posts. 
and then I see you. I feel like I feel like if you're gonna brand yourself and you're gonna build your clientele, you also need to put a face in front of every once in a while, you know? Like after every oh, you're photo. Talking about, see that that's okay, Bob's I thought that, you were talking about my haircut. You're actually talking about my face. Yeah, yourself, your face. I, yeah, I'm talking about when I look at when I go to look at your profile, I don't wanna see your face if you're trying to promote your haircut, right? Yeah. But yeah. when I go to your profile, I do wanna put a face to the haircut product, right? Yeah. Or to the art. Like I, I wanna agree. know you, you get what I mean? I agree. See, that's so Bosio's problem. That's Bosio's problem with me is I have too many pictures of me staring off into the abyss, and he's always wondering. <laughs> what, he's always wondering what I'm staring at. He's like, okay, so there's like, th- so Shannon has 30 pictures of haircuts, and before you get to his first one, mine is 30 pictures of myself before you get to a haircut, and I'm always staring uh, at something off into off in the distance. He's always. Bro, wondering. I'm, a, I'm gonna tell you guys like real talk. I remember when Jeezy called me and he was like, bro. My sister's been telling me that I need to start putting my face. I need to start doing intros with with me, showing who I am mm-hmm. as a person. And and you know because his tutorials used to only be just that's it. This is the tutorial. You didn't know who who the person was. Yeah. And lo and behold, that was the biggest that was the biggest differentiator for him and what set him apart from the pack. And and in my opinion, is what made him two million plus subscribers. It's because yeah. he put himself there too. He put a face and his personality to the product. I think that again, people are only seeing a fraction of of what they're getting when they book you. When I look at your profile, well, I mean, that's, I agree. That's, man. Keep, keeping it. Go ahead, Chen. Go ahead, Chen. I was just saying, I I've been challenged in that area. I know that you have brought me up, Chris uh, Basio. You brought that up to me. Uh, one day in the shop, and and I really thought about that because as as craft blends, I mean uh, that's my brand, but that's who I am, and not just my cut. And anyway, so I've tried to add because I had no pictures of me on there, so I've yeah. tried to add some here and there, um, and I've got to do better about that. Uh, I think that for whatever reason, man, I mean something you know inside of me or whatever. Um, you know, I've, I've, I am promoting myself, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, um, I'm in my mind, whenever I promote my work, it's not promoting me as a person. And I've, and I've struggled with that at times for whatever reason, uh, of promoting myself, you know, which I understand that I have to. And like we were talking about earlier, it's not just what you get, you know, it's not just the haircut. It's the person that's cutting your hair as well. And I, I've tried to be more, you know, uh, aware of that. But man, sometimes I just, I honestly, you know, talking about promotion and Instagram and, and the struggle with it, I will honestly take 40 pictures of, that's probably the average, at least 40 pictures of one haircut from different angles because I want to get the right one, you know, and I want yeah. it to look as crispy as possible. That's and man, shit right there. Yeah. 40. Yeah. I, just told, I just told you guys earlier, I take like four or five. This man said 40. 40. Yeah. I mean, you can hear my camera. And I move the light back and I'll put the light closer to the head and I'm moving different angles and I'm just trying to get hey. that one picture it's going to set me apart, you know. Nugget, and nugget anyway, for you young barbers, so, though. Be careful. Shannon, yeah. cha- Shannon's chair feels really good. It's motivational. 
Don't be taking 40 oh, pictures of your clients having them in the chair there for, for 30 minutes after the haircut, not explaining what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and I try to do it quick. I try to do it quick. But my, I think that my customers now are at a place where they see other people and they're even asking me, hey, when, when are you going to take a picture of my haircut? You know, put it on <laughs> when am I next? So, so you know, so it, I, I kind of have some wiggle room there or whatever. But I say all that to say that literally in my phone, because I'll airdrop uh, – from my camera to my phone, the pictures of that day. And every day it's at least a hundred pictures, right? So, I mean, if I don't take a picture of every single cut, just the ones that I really, that really stand out to me, or sometimes you'll notice that I've cut, you know, taken pictures of the same people. And it's because I've built that relationship with them that they enjoy it or they don't care, you know? And I feel like they have the right head for Instagram because at the same time, not every head needs to go on Instagram. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, so back to that. But anyway, so like, so, so that's I'll why that's like why you take a picture of me every time. Yeah, man, you got a beautiful you know what I'm saying? Instagram face. So anyway, so so what happens though? I'll go ahead and and I'll have like a thousand pictures in my phone, and I'll just be like, man, I want to post these so I can get them off of my phone, you know. And anyways, so I, I forget, you know, to take pictures of myself, but I definitely need to do that more. Well, but and touching on what Bosio said as well, uh, touching on what Bosio said okay. as well, which, which was the differentiator for Jeezy. That honestly, I think that's one of the, one of the differentiators for him for him for Bosio was his Absolutely. his voiceovers. Right, he was real, transparent, raw. You can hear his kids talking in the background. I remember when I started my channel, I started writing a script down. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, well, I, I want it to be perfect. He's like, "It's not supposed to be perfect." These people want to hear from you like you're talking to them and having a conversation with them. Not like you're reading something yeah. to them. That's that's boring. You're going to put people to sleep. And sure enough, yeah. man, that, that was the biggest differentiator for him. And when he did that, he may not want to toot his own horn, but a lot of people followed suit. A lot of people started doing the same thing. Because in the beginning, it was mainly highlight tapes. Highlight tapes and uh, um, captions. There was no voiceovers. Not, like, not like he was doing them. One thing I can say about Basio being in front, you know, in front of people, they know his face and, and all that good stuff. How you know is I love cutting Basio's hair, you know. Number one, it's an honor to me. Um, but, you know, obviously I'm going to take advantage and I'm going to take a picture of that haircut because, dude, man, like I'll take a picture. I just posted a picture, I believe, yesterday of Basio's cut. And literally I have, at the moment, probably 1,200 likes on there, you know? So, um, but it's because people know that that's Basio. When they're scrolling through, I mean, they're so familiar with his face uh, that when they're scrolling through, they can... Uh-oh, what happened? Uh, Uh-oh. I need to get, I need to get better. Hello? Myself, for sure. Hello? You all right? You all right, Shannon? Hello? Everybody all right? Everybody here? I can hear you. Hey, you there? Yeah. But Shannon, Shannon, that's part of that's part of legacy, right? That's part of dying a legend. Yeah. If 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 your face if your face isn't your brand, if a logo is your brand, that's gonna be that's tough, man. Like people need to know who, like, bro. People and and to be honest with you, with you, it's inspirational just seeing that. Damn, it's a white boy doing these cars. This ginger, <laughs> this ginger, this gingerhead. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like. Bro, like, that's like, it's inspirational. There's so many people who literally would make you 
their goat just for the fact that they could relate. Like, damn, I'm white. And, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like the dude in the barbershop movie. Nobody wanted to sit in his chair. Then all of a sudden, he was the hottest barber in there. This is, well, is going to be what? controversial, me saying this, right? But to me, yeah. it's just like these female barbers who just, who like, who want to force people to look, see them as just barbers. To me, I would be like, yo, I'm proud that I'm a female barber and I'm better than most of you guys. Yeah. I'm proud yeah. of this. I, yeah. Well, I'm not a barber, but I'm better than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I'm a female bar- female barber. And, you well, know what I mean? Like that. The other day, which is so, it is, you know, falls right in line with what you're saying is, you know, a lot of times we want to be like everyone else. You know, there's that challenge of, you know, trying to fit mm. and trying to be like everyone else. When the reality mm. is, wow. being like wow. everyone else isn't what sets you apart. It's being different from everyone else. Being yourself. Hey. So we have to say, what, what's my difference? What is mm. it that I bring to the table? And, and you're right, man. I mean, being white and being a decent barber in the industry, man, I mean, it is, stop. It is different. Stop it. You know? Decent. Come on. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop it. Decent. Decent. I'm, I'm decent. Stop it. Hey, he's only humble on the podcast because at the shop he be going in on the guys. I see him. 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 He 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 act humble, humble pie on the podcast, but at the shop. (laughs) Shannon. So we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, fellas. But I want to I want to ask you one more thing, bro. We had our 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 meeting, sixty plus barbers. Uh, yeah. everybody under there, you, you brought the house down, bro. You, 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 I mean, you did what you do. You're a pastor, but you left us with one thing. And I just want you to touch on it, elaborate on it, what that means to you. Cause it, it, I know it touched everybody in there. I'm sure Bozzy remembers the comment, but it was, um, yeah. if, if serving is beneath you, leading is above you. You could hear a pin drop, bro. When he said that, everybody was like, whoa. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> so, yeah. what does that mean to you, man? Because, golly, you want to talk about like just dropping the mic on everybody. So, to me, serving is simply solving problems, right? Serving is solving problems. So, I believe that the fastest way to be promoted um, to to grow in any industry. Um, is to solve problems for other people. I believe that's our purpose in this life, you know. Um, we've got to, you know, let me, can I say this? I was talking with my daughter. She's 12 years old. Actually, she just turned 13. We were. Sorry, bro. Not, huh? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, for real. Teenage. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> so that's my youngest. And hey, for my Spanish ones. Vaya con Dios. Yeah, she was, she was talking to me and she was just, um, she was saying, Daddy, I think different than everybody else. And I said, what do you mean you think different? Than I? And I've always thought that I think different as well, you know, kind of look deeper into things or whatever. And, and she's like, yeah, like, have you ever thought, like, that inside of you is another world, right? And she's telling me all about this other world that is happening inside of her and how each person in this world like red blood cells and white blood cells, that they're all working together to make her healthy. You know what I'm saying? And anyways, 
And I said, I haven't looked at it like that. However, I look at us as cells. And it's funny that she thinks that way because I think this same way, but, and I've never shared it with her, but thoughts that go through my mind is we as human beings are one body, right? And it doesn't matter what color you are, what nationality, we're just say we were one body. And inside of our bodies, there's red blood cells and white blood cells and there's organs. And each one of them have, have a specific job. They have a specific service. They solve a specific problem. And if they don't do what they were created to do, if the red cells don't, don't fight off, you know, and they don't do their job, then, then what happens is disease comes in, sickness comes in. And so for me, every one of us in this, universe on this planet we all have a specific job and every one of our jobs is to solve a specific problem and i think if you listen close enough something inside of you will tell you this is what i'm supposed to do it's, it's a passion it's a dream it's a vision it's a driving force but if you'll just listen close enough this is my mandate this is my purpose i gotta do this you can't sleep you know at night because it's constantly going through your brain or whatever. So anyways, I said all that to say that, that I, have, I have to solve problems for other people. That's why I was put on this planet. And if all of us were to solve the problems that we were put on this planet to solve, then we wouldn't have near the sickness and disease in society. And I'm not talking about, you know, colds and flus. I'm talking about the crap that goes on every single day, right? the racism, the, the, you know, molestation and all these things. If we were, if we would focus on doing what we were put on this planet to do, which is solve other people's problems to make the whole world healthier, then I think that we would find more peace in life. I think that we would find more fulfillment in life. And, and I say that um, just to, to kind of say that we're all connected in some kind of way as well, you know, so whenever I find someone that I can solve a problem for or serve, serving will always serve you well. All right. Mm. Anytime, anytime you're, you're not willing to serve an, uh, another human being or to solve other people's problems, it's basically selfish. And, and, and honestly, man, I mean, I don't know. You just, you, it doesn't, being selfish doesn't benefit you at all. But whenever I'm willing to serve other people um, and help solve problems for them, then what happens, man, it puts me in a position uh, of, of, first of all, feeling good about myself that I was willing to help. And, and I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose in life and that I'm actually making a difference. But it, it also blesses me. And the reality is, what is leadership? It's solving problems. It's serving other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love what you guys say, um, you know, that us barbers, you guys are the owners. You're the bosses. We're not your, uh, how do you put it? We're not your employees, basically. Or how, how do you how do you put it? Somebody you got, tell you got, me real quick. You, we have two sets of clients. We have the clients, and then you guys are our clients as well. We're not, you know. There you go. We're customers. You're, you're, cu you're yeah, our customers. Yeah. So, so what are you doing? You're serving us. And that's what great le leaders do. The great leaders serve their team i know we're all familiar with that instagram little meme where the guy's sitting uh you know like 
basically on the shoulders and he's whipping a whip and he's like, move. And, and, you know, they're like, that's what some people think leadership is, but this is real leadership. And the guy, the leader is out front and he's pulling the majority of the weight. And he's like, come on guys, let's, we can do this, you know? And, and ultimately that's what, that's what I think leadership is. It's, it's serving your team, man. And, and I said on our last time together, uh, on a live that we did, I said, you know, there's so many people that want, they want Basio's platform. You know, they want his popularity. Um, but the reality is they're not willing to sweep the hair around the chair next to them in the shop. That person will Don't never, doubt. yeah, that person will <laughs> never have any influence because they're selfish. Selfish people do not get influence. Well, it's selfish and they can't get influence and they can't even influence the the chair next to them. The, the, they can't influence the four walls where they're cutting. So how could you have a can platform? I, can I ask you a question, though? Go ahead. Go can ahead. I ask you a question? Is lack of motivation for making money or showing who you are a form of being selfish? A lack of motivation for money? For making money or showing who you are selfish? Can you elaborate? Yeah. So I've always been, I've always, I've always been in a place where I've always been, like, I grew up, I grew up understanding and thinking that making money is greed. Yeah. Until someone in your family passes away and no one has money. Yeah. Until someone's in hard times and they have no one to go to. Right. And so, for me, I've always seen that as a repeating occurrence, right? Someone dies and and we can't even bury them. We got to do a GoFundMe or something, right? And even back then, that wasn't a possibility. We had to go asking people for money, strangers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've always feared that. And I've always been, I've like, my mindset changed after a while of, of being a victim to this, thinking to myself, I don't want to be in that position as an adult. Yeah. So I need to be financially healthy so that if that happens to any of my family, I can help out. But what people will say a lot of times, even your family that you're doing it for will tell you you're greedy. Can I, can I get biblical on you? Mm. Yes. I believe that the word of God is the ultimate authority on life all right i believe it is the ultimate truth that's my belief um so i study the word of god and this is what the word of god says it says oh no man anything but to love him it says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous it says basically that the server the the, the borrower is servant to the lender it is it, it is the will of God that we should prosper in every area of our life. So that that feeling of guilt and shame or whatever of or you know of having to borrow from someone, I believe that is a God given feeling because He created you to be the lender, not the borrower. He created Whoa. you to rule wow. over your circumstances, not your circumstances rule over you. So Bro, I've never heard it said like that before. Check this I've out. Never, what? That's crazy. Why, 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 why you, you got to leave us the bar every time? 
God, God is not a tease, right? God is not a tease. I can I can guarantee it. And what I mean by that is whenever you're thirsty, that implies there's something there that can meet that thirst. There is something called water, right? When that hunger that you feel inside for food, it implies there is something there that God has created that will meet that need called food, uh, meet the need of hunger, right? So this desire to rule over your circumstances, that is, God's not teasing you. He's not saying uh, you're always going to feel like you want to rule over your situations, but you'll never be able to get there. He puts that there because there is something there that he's provided so that you can rule over your situation and your situation not rule over you. And it is his will to, for his people to be blessed and it's will, his will for his children not to struggle financially. The problem is we don't use wisdom. And now when it comes to greed, when it comes to greed, see, a lot of people, they, they misquote the Bible and they say, they say money's the root of all evil. So then you have these ignorant preachers that'll get up and they want everybody to be poor because they think that's holy. And it's like, no, nah, dog, you, you misquoted that. It says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Because, listen, there are prostitutes today that they don't want to be prostituting. And, and it's not, it, it, it's not the, uh, it, it, it's hard to really describe what I'm saying, but I think it's the love of money that puts them in a situation that they're in or whatever. They, they, they may not like what they're doing, but they love the money. And, and, and when you love money and it has a hold of you, then that's one of the problems. So let me say it this way. God does not mind if you have money, just as long as money don't have you. Mm. And, oh, my God. And so I know Basio. I know, I know you because I work with you. I, I get to hang out with you. And one thing I can say is you're not a greedy person. I think you're wise to pursue what God's put in your heart to pursue. I think you're wise to share your information because God has given you wisdom in this area and we need it. So part of your service to humanity, how you solve problems is to help people like myself say, listen, there's something in you. You need to market this. So that way you can take care of your family so that you can die a legend. So, so there's, it's a God-given desire, I believe, to have money. And the reason I say that is because when you have money, when you come into the shop, hey, anybody want to bang? And bang energy drink, if for anyone that's questioning. <laughs> and you walk and you buy the whole shop bang, right? If you're on your way, any, hey, I'm stopping by the store. Anybody want any, anything? And you buy it. And every time I try to give you money, what do you do? No, you better keep that. Don't don't you try to, you know, disrespect me like that or whatever. Every time you have something new, greedy people don't share. So every time you have something new, you're like, hey, Shannon, try this out. And then whenever I like it, I'm like, ooh, I love this. Here, you can have this. Isn't, isn't that weird? That's, some, some that's people not like a that. greedy person. Say it again. Isn't that weird? Some people are like that. Like, I'm, I'm not programmed that way either. If I, if I get a new clipper... Yeah. I can't wait to, like when Basio gets something, because Basio's privy to get something, some things earlier. I mean, if Basio gets something and lends it to me, 
I'm more excited to share it with the barbers in the shop than I am to use it myself. Yeah. To see their face yeah. like, yo, you're using this. It's not even out yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's that true. That's what fills me, you know, what, what gives me fulfillment, in other words, instead of me using it. Seeing everybody else's reaction like, this is crazy. And I'm going to say that's why our team's going to be successful. Agreed. To be honest with you. Because, you know, I... I I had something written down that that because you told me, like you hadn't asked me any question. You told me you were going to ask me, so we just been flying off the cuff here. But you kind of said <laughs> something like about, "Hey, how did you get you know this fame on Instagram or whatever?" And obviously, I don't think that I have any fame on Instagram because I mean I look at there again like Bosco. He said he has like seventy thousand tonight, hopefully, or maybe tomorrow I might hit fourteen thousand. And I mean that's so cool or whatever, but people come in and they'll say, Hey man, what's it feel to be Instagram famous? And I'm like, I'll, I'll let you know if I get there, you know, but, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, like my desire hasn't ever been popularity, you know, like fame, popularity. That's not my desire because popularity is when people like you, my goal has always been happiness. And there again, popularity is when people like you, but happiness is when you like you. And at the end of the day, I don't care about being popular. I think that there's wisdom in growing your platform so that you can make a greater impact so that you can uh, grow your business and, and your brand and things like that. I, I love, Hey, popularity is a great thing. And I want people to like me. There's nothing wrong with that either. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you like me. It doesn't matter if your mom likes me. Do I like me? Mm. And that's, that's my big thing, man. I, I want to be happy. And, and there again, I define happiness as liking you, man. I want to look in the mirror at the end of the day and say, Shannon, I like you, boy. You know what I'm saying? I love you. You're a good man. And, and I think that liking yourself, is it starts with actually creating standards uh, of being and morals and actually like living up to them. You know what I'm saying? Can I can I can I jump to the second part of my question? Because it leads right to it. I know the podcast is getting long, but um, the second part was is not sharing yourself being greedy. So once you get to a point where you like you, where you love yeah. you, is not sharing that greedy. And what I mean by that, and and let me explain. I grew up. I grew up not having someone that I could look up to. Yeah. Right. So I, you guys know a little bit about my background. My, my, my brothers, my brothers have been in and out of prison. I have a brother who's doing 35 years in prison right now. And at some point I looked up to them, but then they, they disappeared. They're like 10, 15 years older than I am. Yeah. Um, and so I lost that and I was always searching for someone to look up to. And that might've been Kobe Bryant. That might've been Warren Buffett. That might've been Jay-Z, but it was always someone that I really didn't have access to. And I always yeah. told myself, I wanted to be proof to someone that it's possible. And I wanted to share that with them. And I always felt that if I didn't, I was trying to keep a secret. I was trying to keep it to myself. And I think that people knowing who I am, seeing my transparency, seeing my background, where I come from, if I didn't share that story, I, I, I'm robbing people of the influence and the motivation and the inspiration that I wish I would have had when I was coming up. 
Yeah. So do you think that not sharing that is 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 a form of being greedy? I would I would say yes and no. And what I mean by that is is I think that you can get in, into a position where you feel like I got to share, 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 got to give myself, got to give myself. I got to give my story. I have to do this. And what happens is, and there again, I'm just going to look at the life of Jesus, who, in my opinion, was the greatest leader to ever live 2,000 plus years ago. He's still, you know, his name still being mentioned. Amazing. He, 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 think about this. He created, there's, there's levels to relationship, right? On each level, I can give myself more intimately to you. So, for example, Jesus ministered to the crowd, all right? There was thousands of people that he shared his message with. And, yes, there was a message of inspiration. It was a message of salvation. But then he broke down into a smaller group. And then it talks about 70 disciples. And then it talks about, uh, uh, you know, 12 disciples. And even in the midst of the 12 disciples that were closest to him, he had three main people that were with him. Every time you see Jesus, you see Peter, James, and John. And I'm sure the other 12, you know, the other guys in the, in, in the 12 uh, group were like, man, why is it this? Peter, James, and John, they always get invited to go everywhere with Jesus. And anyways, but there was only one person that, it, that he identifies himself as the one that Jesus loved. And, and he actually, it says, he laid his head on Jesus' chest. Um, so it's just that, you know, like we might see each other and, and hug each other. Oh, what's up, dog? You know, and, and, and just have that love there. Um, you know, that you can give to someone closer or whatever. But so, so I think that, yes, you need to share your, your story. And I think it would be greedy to hold that back. However, I think that if we're not careful, there, there can be this, this unbalanced demand on our life that actually makes us feel guilty that we're not doing enough. Um, when wisdom would say, hey, discern what level each person is on. There's going to be a group that Basio speaks to that's the crowd. Then he gets to be a little bit, bit more intimate. See, there's like, for example, in our, in our relationship, okay, you get to talk to the crowd on Instagram Live, at uh, events and all that stuff. And man, you're sharing, you're sharing the message, right? But then whenever we have a headline slash Tomb 45 meeting, you know, you may speak to headlines and talk about, uh, you know, some more intimate information that you would not share with the crowd, correct? But then whenever it's time to have the Tomb 45 meeting, you say, okay, everybody that's headlines and not Tomb 45, it's time for you to leave. Why? Because now there's a more intimate circle. And even in the midst of that intimate circle of all of us Tomb Squad members, there is a more intimate circle within Tomb 45 of Basio, Perez, Danny, and Loco, maybe Dre, right? So anyways, and then you guys talk about things that I'll never hear. So I shouldn't expect to hear things that, that they're hearing. And, and let me take it a step further. There's, 
things that Basio will share with Perez and with Loco and with Danny because they are your tight-knit, intimate circle. However, there's things that Basio will share with Justine, your wife, that you won't share with the rest of the team. So I think it's important that we discern what level uh, of trust that each person has because some people are just there for what you can give them and some people are there for you. And you don't, you don't give everything to just people that, that are just trying to take what you can give them. You know, there's a, there's a thing called protégés. You're obviously a mentor to a lot of people. A protégé is there for you. They, they love you as a person, and they want to learn from you. But then you have a parasite. And a parasite just wants to suck you dry and take what they can get. And anyway, so I think that, yes, it would be greedy not to share your message, um, your message with the world, but you have to be wise in sharing the man with the world. Everybody gets the message. Can everybody get the man? And what Can I'm we get an aircraft Sunday? We got to figure this out. This can't be the, hey, the, the first and last time he's on the podcast. Hey, this is ridiculous. This is Tyreek Tuesday, and I love Tyreek, and I'm, I'm tuned in. S-Craft Sundays. S-Craft Sundays. Sunday. I don't actually watch it if I did something like that. I thought about I, it. Uh, hey, I would my, watch. Hey, Shannon. Shannon, you built your yeah. – we've always talked about it. So this is yeah. this is the real – so can I give you the real question? Please. This is what, the, this is what I'm leading up to. Okay. I think we need an S-Craft Sundays. I think that you you did you did it when you were, you know, building your church and that was your focus. Yeah. But yeah. remember, we talked about how, you know, you're going to focus on the barber industry and, and you can you can pour yourself into into the barber industry. Yeah. I I don't know I don't know what your following looks like when you were doing the the live streams with church with with yeah. your church, but damn, you got a hell of a following now. Yeah. And I promise you, this is the side people need to know about Shannon. He's not S. Craft is not just the nastiest white boy you've seen with a pair of clippers. Okay. I, I just said it earlier, man. We, it's it's we, more than the haircut. S-Craft. It's more, Sunday, than, it's more than the haircut, bro. You you bring so much more, Shannon. Golly. Can I be? I've been si- I've been I've been literally <laughs> silent. I've literally been silent on, on my own podcast for the last fifteen minutes, just listening to you. Yeah. That, bro, that, that's bar. crazy. Just you're like you're like a, you're like a damn chocolate bar machine, bro. Just, just spin them out, bro. Bar, 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 bar. What is that? It's that's the worst analogy ever. I what? don't care. I, whatever, bar I don't care, man. <laughs> well, Listen, I love you. Love you. I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm taken back by by the the wise words of Shannon at this moment. It was amazing. I appreciate that. Well, I just want to say this. I mean, and I thank you guys for for definitely pushing me. I, I I've kind of been quiet. You know, I've been posting pictures, but I pulled back, you know, from uh, really talking about anything, really, because, um, you know, I spent the last, ooh, let's say 15 to 18 years church planning, pastoring. And one of the things that I, I hold above all else, obviously, besides God, is my wife and my kids, man. They're my everything. My wife is my best friend. My girls are, are, you know, they're my heart. And, and you know, it's so easy to get so busy. You know, it was me talking about the crowd, the, 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 the crowd versus the man, you know. And, and anyways, like as far as giving them the message and, and not just the man, 
I gave the reason I'm saying what I'm saying is because I gave the man to everybody and not everybody deserves the man. They deserve the message, but they didn't deserve the man. And what I mean by that is I allowed too many people to, to, to get too close mm. and, and, and expose myself to too many people and, and it'll kill you, man. And honestly, I was in a place where you guys know, um, I was so stressed, man, that I actually went to the hospital and they thought I had a heart attack and I spent three days in there, had a heart cath and all that stuff. And honestly, it was because I was carrying this weight of just, just trying to give myself to everybody. And a lot of that had to do with trying to meet the needs of, 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 of parasite church people. And I'm not saying all church people are parasites, you know what I'm saying? Because they're not, there's some amazing uh, protégés and in, in church and they just want to learn. They want to grow. They want to be, you know, what God wants them to be. And I want to help those people. But some people are parasites and they will do nothing for themselves. And all they want to do is suck the life out of you. They're emotional vampires. And, uh, and I, and I dealt with that as a pastor and, and I felt like I was giving all of myself to everyone else. And, you know, I started thinking, you know, why would I want to win the whole world and lose my family? Mm. You know, and, and that, Golly, so, shit. so why are you so good at this? this is, oh, it's man, insane. Well, it's, it's almost so, like he's been pastor so, for 15 years. Yeah, man. So <laughs> they're, they're my greatest ministry. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if my wife doesn't know that, I'm, that, that she is the queen of my world, you know, that she's everything to me and my children. I uh, don't know that their daddy loves them with everything, would die for them, would kill for them. That, and, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, then there's a there's a problem. And anyways, they are my greatest ministry. Um, I feel like they are a reflection um, or a witness of the kind of man that I am. Because see, you can say Shannon's a great man, but you don't live with me. You know what I'm saying? So so I appreciate it, but. There's no real weight to it unless you live with me every single day, you know. And and what really does me good is to hear my wife say, I live with this guy every day. He is the real man of God. He really loves his wife. He loves his kids. And, and he always wants to do what's right, even when doing what, if doing what was wrong would, would, you know, make more money or whatever the case may be. I just want to. I want to do what's right, you know, and anyway, so um, I don't even know how I got to that point, but um, so yeah, yeah, so my whole point was I needed to take a time away, and I didn't want to talk to anybody, I didn't want to do anything, I just wanted to love my wife, and I wanted to love my kids, and, but there is a time and season for everything, and that, I, I thank God I, I recognize that season of just me pouring into them, but also them pouring into me, man. I needed to know they loved me. And I needed them to, to be like, hey, daddy, it doesn't matter if anybody leaves. We, we're here with you. I, we got your back, you know. And, and they're my biggest support, my, my, you know, loudest cheerleaders. And I needed that in that season of life. And, uh, and now, though, I'm feeling that, that spark, you know, like I'm starting to kind of seem uh, speaking in front of people again. So this right here was just some way for me to vent. And it feels awesome. Thank you again for the privilege. Um, but I'm feeling it. So with y'all saying that, mm. I think it's comfort. Are we about to break news? For me. 
Are yeah, we about know, to break news? Are, are we going to get an yeah. S-Craft Sundays? You know what? We might just get an S-Craft Sunday. So uh, no. if, if not Sunday, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do a different day. But, um, you know, and, and I think one of the things, too, that I'm not the greatest educator in the world when it comes to barbering, to be honest with you. I, I see, um, you know, Bosco and, and, and others that actually – travel and they communicate in front of crowd barbering techniques and stuff like that. I'm not the best at that, honestly, but, and I really don't like it to be honest with you. I mean, I, 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 it's okay, but it's not my passion. It's not what gets me going, you know, talking leadership, talking, man, just inspirational things, man, that's what gets me going. I, I love, I love nuggets, man. I love wisdom, you know, and, and, uh, and so that's, I, I thought that okay, Shannon being in the barber industry now, everybody wants to hear how do you how do you cut a fade. But with you guys saying that, it's just confirmation that hey, maybe there are people in the industry that want more than just okay, this is how you fade up, this is how you fade down, you know, this is that, and maybe they just want stuff like this and and that, dude. I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I think I think it's. I think it's time, bro. Like, and and to be and to be real with you, it's perfect because, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's there's no like I can't see it being as time consuming, and as much of a sacrifice as running a church, like yeah, you and know I what I mean. Like, and I think a lot of people, I think a lot your of, kind of motivation is 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 a breath of fresh air. I'm not trying you. to I'm not trying Don't to knock me. anybody, but some of the other stuff is just the same regurgitated crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? The well, same thing. what happens thing. is in, in our culture today, <clears throat> sad to say, and obviously it's not, it's, you know, it, it's the few bad people in ministry that are the ones that are magnified the most. You know, for every one person that's taking money from the church or, or whatever, there's so many hundreds of thousands more they just love people and they want to make a difference. But because of those negative things that are magnified on the news about this pastor sleeping with this one or whatever, a lot of people don't trust church anymore and they won't go to, to church. Um, or maybe they were raised in a, a, a really judgmental church. So once they broke free from that, they're like, I'm never going back there because church has no value for me. And I really feel like the reason God sent me to Tampa um, was obviously, I think, to meet you guys, to put me in a position where my platform could grow so that I could reach people and speak to people who've given up on church. So, so like, my thing now, I love the fact that, that I'm reaching people who may never walk through church doors, you know? And, and I could care less about the four walls of a building. Um, I am the church. Wherever I go, I carry God with me. Mm. And I want people to understand uh, that Jesus did not die to put you before, behind four walls of the church, which I love church, and I think everybody needs to be a part. It's a great place to learn and grow um, and to connect with other believers to serve or to, you know, to figure out your the purpose you have and the problems you're created to solve and all that stuff. But mainly it's to have a relationship with our heavenly father, which we get through his son, you know, and, 
anyways, um, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. And, and that's what I want people to know because even though I don't have to be real preachy and sometimes I may be, um, but I think that the Bible is the, the book of wisdom and there is no other book on the planet that can give you the wisdom and insight for any area of your life. Um, like the Bible can. And anyway, so if I can use scriptures and even not even say they're scripture, just, Hey man, I got a principle that will change your life and give them the principle behind the verse. Um, I believe that it will really help, uh, you know, it'll help people out. There's so many people that are, they're so proud and arrogant because they can quote, you know, a thousand verses out of the Bible. The problem is, they never learn the principle behind the verse and they don't apply it. I don't care if I know, you know, what book and verse or, you know, chapter something's in, what's the principle, what's the meaning, what was he trying to say? And, you know, will I apply it to my life? And I think that's what changes people's lives. Bro. Hey, so yeah. I have, a, I have a, um, so we're going almost two hours. Yeah, we, 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 we gotta get up. We, we gotta wrap this up. Yeah, it's, it's a podcast. We're, but, we're an hour and forty five minutes. But, but break it up. I'm, part one, part two. Yeah, but I, one thing I do, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna go live on Instagram, um, after this, just for a little bit. I, your comment, what you just said just now. So I, I, I was looking at a thread today on Facebook, and it was a bu- bunch of church going people who who, you know, they know everything there is to, to know about about the Bible and church and what God wants. And they were crucifying Kanye West. Yeah. They said he has no business in the church. He has no business um, spreading, spreading the word until he repents. Hmm. They said what he is doing is, 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 should not be okay and no one should be supporting it. Okay. For me and I, I think we've had this conversation before and I, I you don't have to answer it here because we're, we're going so long. I, I'm going to go on Instagram. I, I think I'm going to bring it up on Instagram and I think it's a per, it's the perfect alley-oop to, the, to, to, to be able to get people to want to go to S-Craft Sundays whenever you're ready for it. Yeah. Whenever yeah. you're ready for it. But in my eyes, I have not seen so many people speak of church, speak of God, speak of the Bible since I've seen Kanye start to do this. There are people who who would never have even listened to a gospel song if it wasn't for Kanye West doing what he's doing. And for me, I see it as this is, let's say he hasn't repented. This is an opportunity to speak to somebody. There's a reason why he's doing this. He's he's yeah. asking for help. Obviously, he's asking for for more. He wants yeah. to be in this world, and this is his way of doing it. And he's not just a resource. He's not just not just somebody who has a a a strong following. But this is a guy who truly, obviously, is spending a lot of energy trying to have a connection with God. But Absolutely. you see all these churchgoers on 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 Facebook crucifying him for going a different route than they would want him to go. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know if that's something that you that that you want to speak of. 
But I would love to, man. I, I just it kills me seeing these Facebook threads destroying this guy for what I see as like, look, judge the man for what he's done in the past, cool. Yeah. But I I mean, I learned this from you. God wants people who've made mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones he seeks out. Right? Like yeah. like that's what church is supposed to be. Well, Regardless of how they end up finding the church. That's yeah. what he wanted, right? We've got to be careful because in the day of Jesus, there was a representation of the church, which was called Pharisees and Sadducees. And they were okay. religious leaders. They were very legalistic. So they were the ones that crucified Jesus. And anyway, so what happens is if you don't fit into their religious mold and you don't approach God the way they think you should approach God, then you have Whoa. no right approaching God. Wow. So, so wow. they actually think that they're God. And Bruh. they can make the decision who comes and who Bruh. stays. Yeah, can, we, you gotta, you, look, can we bring this to Instagram? Yeah, you got to promote the podcast. Let's do it. All right. This is listen, some real shit, right? You guys, Whoa. You guys have been hearing it for a while in the background, the outro music. But clearly, right <laughs> clearly, clearly, Shannon started dropping bars and this went longer. And we, we have no problem with that at all because this, this is why I love sitting in this chair. Uh, 30 minute haircut turns into a two hour session when I get a haircut with Shannon. Um, it was, <laughs> Shannon, it was absolutely amazing having amazing. you amazing. For, the, for, the, for, the, for the first episode back in the new this format. This was supposed to be a less, less than an hour and now we have, gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna have to do two parts. We're at an hour and 48 yeah, minutes, guys. We're at an hour and 48 I apologize. minutes. No, 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 no. I'll do it, man. Never apologize. So listen, guys. No. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing your voice on this podcast. What did you guys think of the questions? You thought you guys thought it was dope, the concept? Oh, man, I love it. I loved it. I would love to hear more questions. So, guys, hit us up. It's 813-602-1182. Call us. Leave your take. Leave your IG. Call us. What, what state What state you're calling from? And, and you know, interact with us. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Shannon, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, bro. I couldn't think of anybody better to have on here first. And this is definitely going to be a two-part hey, episode. And probably going to have you on again if we were with you. And... Commit, uh-huh. commit right now on the podcast. Commit, commit. Ascraft Sundays. Hey, you know Ascraft Sundays. No, Ascraft Sundays. Are they, is it happening? Yeah. Is it happening? I believe it is. I I, I can't commit one hundred percent to Sundays, but it will be happening on one day. I will figure that out. But Sunday may work. It don't, to, it don't have to be Sundays. It has to yeah, be Sundays. Yeah. It just sounded good. Ascraft Sundays. That does sound good. That so listen, good. listen. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you with something familiar. Signing out from Headline Ooh. Studios. That's right. The barber's barber's session. <laughs>